0: hello everybody and welcome to the follow-up podcast good to be in your ears uh, we are in the rough cut series we're going through the Lord's prayer um, thought by thought as we go through um, as we go through it uh, just to point out a few things if you hear first of all if you hear fiddling it's because I'm getting my microphone right I think that's good if you hear um, bugs and things in the background <laughs> it's because I'm in my car, in the garden of YWAM Durban base, because I just got back to Durban from Cape Town. Very nice being in Cape Town. Hello to all the Cape Town people. We had the most amazing time at the follower table, and uh, shout out to Tom and Kirsten Giffen who host that table. It was just wonderful to be in your home and um, share that time with you. But I'm back in Durban, and because I'm on a mission space there are no quiet spaces, <laughs> and so my car. Is where it's going to have to be at for today. So there you go. That's what that's what it is. Uh, we're looking at your will be done in the Lord's prayer. Jesus gives us this prayer. He says uh, that we should pray, "Your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." Um, and again, you know, similar to how we spoke about last week, the temptation with uh, your kingdom come and your will be done is to externalize and depersonalize uh, this idea. But I really want to help us always come back to the fact that um, God is at work in all things, of course. But human beings, uh, Imago Dei, regenerated in the spirit of Jesus, are very much the active agents of God's present power in the world. And so, that's what it means for the church to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So, when we pray, your kingdom come and your will be done, we're not really praying for something to fall out of the sky. What we're praying is for something to be stirred within the people of God that makes manifest the reality of His heavenly realm in the earth, in and through us. And I just think that's an important thing always to bring back into focus um, at the moment, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. A lot of tensions happening in the headlines and these kinds of things. And we want to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done in these situations. And the temptation is to so externalize and depersonalize that. God, let it come over there. Let it fall out of the sky, sky you know. Instead of recognizing what we're actually praying is for a radical reform of our own hearts. Um, that we become the prayers we pray for <laughs> as as his, as his kingdom comes and His will is done in us on earth as it is in heaven and then through us into the earth as we are those who are cultivating the gardens that will walk in in, um, in the age to come, right? So we are we're calling forth kingdom realities, heaven realities through our lives as they are cultivated in us. So when we play your, pray your will be done... Uh, on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying, God, your will be done in us as it is in heaven. And that brings us to the first confession, which is uh, we don't want what God wants. (laughs) So so there's a reality of opposing wills here. There is your will and there is God's will. And we've alluded to this in the last episode on um, Your Kingdom Come. You may want to go back and listen to that. But essentially there's only space for one king on the throne and God comes to dethrone us and we are blessed in our dethroning. That's the thing to understand. You and I are terrible kings of our own kingdoms, but we flourish in submission to the authority and the rule and the reign of God in our lives. Right? That's how we most come alive. That's how we become most human and most truly ourselves. And so... Uh, I was just on a retreat with Trevor Hudson. Shout out to Trevor if he's listening to this, though I doubt it. Um, he led us through such a beautiful couple of days in Cape Town, and one of the things he spoke about, I made quite a few of his ideas uh, in this conversation today. He said that a lot of the Christian journey is about moving from, uh, from willfulness to willingness And there you could almost imagine me, when I say willfulness, imagine me clenching my hands. I'm currently in my car, so imagine me holding my steering wheel and uh, clenching my hands around the steering wheel and a sort of willful control of my life. And then we want to shift over time in our apprenticeship to Jesus and our following of Jesus to this posture of, of of willingness where I open up my hands and now I'm I'm available for God to do with my life and through my life as He wants to do. And that really is the journey of discipleship. We move from uh, willfulness to willingness. Um, and the thoughts I thought I would share to you today, really, they come from a book called Invitation to a Journey by a guy called Robert Mulholland. And he gives us a, a model that's been used in the church for a very, very long time. And just important to say with models, okay, Uh, again, Trevor uses this language. He said we must avoid spiritual technology. Uh, Anytime we're talking about the things of God, we are entering into mysterious ground. And we must be careful that we don't try and limit God within the box of our own labels and understandings and models. So I think it's more helpful to see models, theology in general, um, as signposts. Pointing us toward ultimate reality. And so I don't want you to feel constrained or obliged to mold your life around the next things I'm going to say. What I hope they are for you are helpful signposts as you try and navigate with me, with all of us, this life journey of moving from uh, willfulness to willingness. Taking our hands off the steering wheel of our lives. So that God's will can be done in my life as it is in heaven and through my life as it is in heaven. And I can surrender my will to the will of God. And even that's an offensive thought in our culture, right? We don't like this idea that we that part of our healing and our wholeness is the surrendering up of our independence and our will um, to the will of God. And, uh, and so that in and of itself is a challenging thought. But there's a few pointers this book invitation to a journey Um, now you may have heard of you may have heard for example of three stages of uh, justification sanctification glorification this is very common in protestant circles and uh, i'm going to offer you another model that that really points to the same thing and you'll see so many similarities the reason i find this model helpful is because it's just a bit more nuanced and it gives me a few more handles in my journey. There's more signposts. I don't know about you. When I travel, right? If I'm going to a new country, like next week, not next week, I'm in Durban teaching next week. Hey Durban guys. Excited for our time together. But the week after that I'm going to Japan and I'm going to be doing some teaching in Japan. So I've never been to Japan before. I know what's going to happen is I'm going to land in Tokyo. I have to find a train to go to Sendai and go hang out with the guys there. I know I'm going to have to walk and then I'm going to have to ask a question and where I'm going and then I'll probably walk a hundred meters And I'll probably ask somebody else a question as to where I'm going. And I'll probably walk a hundred more meters and I'll ask someone else a question because I don't know what I'm doing in Tokyo. And I'm just that guy. I have no shame. I'm going to ask a lot. So I'm the kind of person when it comes to my spiritual journey, I need as many signposts as possible to, to help me along the way. And I'm completely unashamed to ask for help for people who've walked this way before me. So this model is exactly that. And, and... It, yeah, it, it, depending on your church background and journey, it may be less familiar to you. But I offer it to you as a thought. So, this book, Invitation to a Journey, Robert Mulholland offers us this this model of Christian maturity: the journey from um, willfulness to willingness, or uh, the journey of just becoming like Jesus. Basically, he gives us these four um, uh, four points uh, of increasing depth. That we can pay attention to the first is awakening the second is a word called purgation i'll talk to you about these in a second the third is one called illumination and the fourth and deepest place is something called union Um, now let's start with awakening awakening is really the grace gift and to be fair all of this is a grace gift remember grace is the active agent of change in our formation with jesus we don't change ourselves even our practicing of the way of jesus are simply means of grace. We pray, or fast, or be with scripture, or in community, or whatever we're doing in our practices, as a way of putting ourselves, if you will, in the grace of God, so that the grace can actively change us. But particularly with awakening, there's this point when we are woken up, both to the reality of God, and to the reality of ourselves. So, you might want to think about this as like an anesthetic space. You're under anesthetic, and then the anesthetic wears off and you start to wake up to, uh, if you're hearing that in the background, those are hardy does In South Africa, we have them. They're very noisy birds. Thank you for that. Uh, you start to wake up to both God and self. Uh, now, uh, in, in the other model, this is maybe a justification uh, signpost, right? Is that there, there's a moment, something happens in you, and it's either gradually or it can be very quite suddenly an experience of a time when you start to become awake in a new way in your inner self to the reality of God and to the reality of yourself, who you actually are um, beyond the masks that we wear to try and fit in or pretend or whatever that looks like. And this experience of waking up to God and self is both comforting and threatening. It's comforting in one sense because this is what we most deeply long for, Right. You and I come with uh, spoken into reality, if you will, from Genesis by the heart of God. And so we have the fingerprints of God all over us. And so we long for home. We long for source, where we come from. So we're all longing for home. And in a sense, our journey is a journey back home. And so when we wake up to God and we wake up to self, there's a sense of comfort because we're starting to come home to what we so deeply long for. But there's also a sense of threat because we've become accustomed to the false self and we've become accustomed to a life where we were asleep to the realities of God. And so as we wake up to these realities and we start to see ourselves as we really are, some of those places of comfort um, can be threatened and that can be a really difficult space. But eventually what happens by the grace of God is we start to wake up And we wake up to the reality of God and self. You could imagine this as like crossing the threshold in a doorway. At some point you step across this threshold. And for some people, uh, they'll start to wake up to the reality of God. Maybe they start making their way across this doorway. And then they get a sense of the cost of it all and what it will mean. And they regress and they go back. Uh, and they fall asleep again. It's like sleeping in, right? The alarm goes off, and you check it, and you, oh, no, five minutes snooze. Sleeping in, oh, another five minutes snooze. until eventually, you actually get out of bed. Some people are going to get out of bed first time. Other people are going to snooze 10 times. That's this kind of idea of like awakening. You can be awakened, and then you can fall back to sleep, and awaken and fall back to sleep. But at some point, you become aware, you're awake to the reality of God in yourself. And this is maybe the first and most superficial level. And then we want to drop down in our journey as we're now awake to this, this, this area of purgation. Okay? It's a fancy word, which really it's just talking about us now becoming integrated into the Jesus that we're awake to. So in other words, you had a life before you had an awareness of God and self. And that life is incongruent with the new life, the life of Jesus that you're now awake to. So This process of purgation, which is like a level down, so imagine you're in an, an elevator and we and you got into the elevator in awakening, yeah. You know? Now you're going down to to B1, basement one, and that's this level of purgation, okay. And so now this is a deeper level of our formation uh, where we start to get integrated into the life of Jesus, we start to align our life with his life, and this level of purgation has four levels in and of itself. So the first one is is the renouncing of the inconsistencies of our life with Jesus' life, or what we would call gross sins, okay? And at this level, um, these gross sins are also mostly frowned upon by society at large. So like binge drinking, promiscuous sexuality all over the place, these kinds of things. We start to get woken up to the fact that, hey man, we can't live in these addictions and live in this way with God. But then purgation takes us even a level deeper and we move to... um, what John Wesley calls willful sins and this is like um those things that aren't maybe frowned upon by society but God as God starts to work in you you know that this is not good for you uh it's like all things are um all things are permissible but not all things are beneficial so there are things that maybe society at large would say that's not such a big deal but for you you know man god is probing your heart and saying That thing, not not for you. You need to let that go. So that's a deeper level in the purgation space. And then we move into this area of unconscious sins, uh, which are the the things we do by accident, (laughs) right? Without thinking about it. In other words, we have these um, appetites that are bent out of order and we've learned to walk in a certain way and we do these things without giving much thought to them. And God starts to bring these things to the fore and we go like, oh man, this is much deeper than I actually thought it was. So a good example is you're going on a walk and you can see the horizon of this walk, okay? And you're walking towards some trees on a horizon. And as you're walking, you're aware of what needs to be cleared out the way and what needs to change. That's kind of at the level of of um, of gross sins and willful sins, these inconsistencies and these things that God's calling us to do. And then you reach that horizon and when you get to the top of that horizon, a whole new vista now opens up in front of you and you realize, man, you have so much more to go than you actually realized you had to go in the first place. And that's the unconscious sense. It's the things that were humming in the background that we didn't even know were going on inside of us. And as we grow in God, he takes us deeper and deeper and deeper and we're like, man, we've got a long way to still go. And then the final place within this purgation space is um, what uh, Mohan calls attitudes and orientations, or our trust structures and this is probably our deepest place of of sort of being aligned now into the life of God in this purgation element and this is the things that you depend on uh, where you find your security and identity it's the ways that you try to control your world so as an example um, I love to exercise I really enjoy it uh a couple of years ago, I was exercising. I injured my back, and it took me a long time to rehab my back. And even now, I can't train at the same level I used to train at, and so my fitness isn't what it used to be. Um, and that was a journey for me because I didn't realise it, but I had a trust structure at the level of my own physical ability, and when that was taken from me, it brought um, it brought a chaos point to my place of identity. Um, there was a sense of, uh, of confusion there. I was like, oh no, who am I if I can't train like I used to train? And I had to resolve that with the Lord. And your trust structures may look like a number of things. may look financial, may look like um, where you live, it may look like your social status, etc., etc., etc. We have trust structures and we build our identities at these levels of trust structures. I was just speaking with someone very close to me on the phone today. And they literally said this, they said, you know, I've given so much time to developing this particular skill set, and I've had a failure in this area of my skill set, and it's almost like my identity is feeling threatened, I don't know what to do with that, you yeah? know, and it's like I feel um, at a point of chaos, I feel like in a storm, because all the things I had placed some of who I am in, those things are gone now, I don't know what to do with that, so those are trust structures, yes, so All of this falls within this basement one level of purgation and God takes us deeper and deeper and deeper as we integrate our lives into the person of Jesus. As we grow in that and we start to deal with our trust structures, there's a third level now. So we go down to B2 (laughs) and this is what's called illumination. Now illumination is the space that happens when we recognize that I am actually no longer in control of my life. So once I've dealt at the level of trust structures and I'm able to open up my hands and trust the Lord, I enter into this place of illumination where I'm not controlling my life anymore. I've taken my hands off the steering wheel. And in this season, God typically moves from a sense of being out there to being in here. We we start to realize, man, I heard the coolest quote uh, that there was, was about this monk. He was growing in his understanding of prayer. And he said this, he said, I started to realize that God was praying in me. Isn't that beautiful? And, you know, that's biblical, right? I'm in Christ. Christ is in the Father. The Father is in, we're, we're in, in theos, in Christ. And Christ is in us. And so we don't pray to a God who's super far away, but a God who's actually in us. And so as we give over our control and our will becomes more aligned to His, man, we find that God is actually in us. And this sense of God being in us starts to produce in us the fruits of the Spirit. And so what starts to actually happen is God's will starts to overcome our will and we start to express quite naturally in the maturity of our spirits that are now being formed to look like His, His characteristics. Yeah, And and that's a beautiful journey. And then finally, B3, the sort of deepest um, journey in our formation of, of God or giving our wills over to God is what they call union. And this is literally um, uh, where we experience a sense of oneness with God, where we we essentially lose ourselves into the reality of who God is. Um, And this is not something that we can cause or we can force into being. It's something we accept as a grace gift. And we will experience moments of union. Uh, Now, in the other model that I mentioned, this might look like a glorification And purgation slash illumination, you could maybe put that all into sanctification. Um, But I just like the nuance of this model, that we can move all the way from awakening to a place of union with God, which is the ultimate goal, I think. Uh, where we actually enter into the very nature and, and characteristics of God, we start to be one with God. We lose ourselves in the eternity of who God is, and and His nature starts to be expressed in our nature, and it's, it's euphoric. And essentially, there are it's the it's the mount of transfiguration, right? That heaven space, the 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 the, the, the new heaven, the new earth, the, this afterlife experience that we're all heading toward. We get a taste of that now. We get to live into that in deeper and deeper and deeper measure. So I hope that's been helpful for you. This was a longer rant, but uh, I just thought there was some important stuff to say around will. We talk about um, the will of God, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, we're not externalizing and depersonalizing this. We want to internalize and personalize it, recognizing that the church is the body of Christ in the earth so when we pray for God's interventions, it's not just falling out of the sky or somehow condensing on the leaves, like it is realized in us and manifests through us as the body of Christ. Christ has no body now but yours, yes. And this is, I think, these are some really helpful signposts in the journey of us being conformed to the will of Jesus. Um, We can consider where are we on the journey? Um, and, and this is both an overarching journey. We, we both move from the place of awakening to union throughout the course of our life, but it's also cyclical in certain areas. So you might find as you think about this, man, I'm further along in some areas than I am in other areas. And that's perfectly natural and normal. But I thought that this would just be a helpful signpost for you to think through uh, in terms of your own friendship with Jesus and what it means for your will to become His will. I hope that's helpful for you guys and uh, we will chat to you on the next episode of the follower podcast